You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. And I'm just raw dogging the air. You know what I'm saying? How bad is COVID right now? Because I know. Um, I think for Washington State in itself, there's probably roughly about 560 people that have monkeypox. For people like me that have adult acne, what are your recommendations for getting rid of this mess? Oh, I got this is great. This is great because I got a one two punch. You know, it's like you had that moment, the light bulb clicks. And so I've had a lot of moments where I've had to unlearn certain things um, about the way maybe I have thought life should be. And it's been beautiful sitting in the growing seat. I think all of us need to sit in a seat called I'm willing to grow. There's this saying that I really believe in is, you know, you've been planted, not buried. And there's a season when you are in the dark. And you think about a farmer when they plant a seed in the ground, you know, they don't go back immediately and dig it up and be like, where's my flowers or where's where's the corn or where where's the stuff at? It takes time. And so let me bring in Dr. Nelson. Hey, hello. How are you? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing here today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, so like I said, with everything that's going on between like monkeypox and polio and flu seasons coming up, obviously most of these have vaccines or shots or jabs, whatever you want to call them. Um, I'm curious to start with doing an update on monkeypox before we move in to COVID. What is happening with that? Do you feel like it's still spreading at like a high pace? Has it kind of been contained vaccines? Do you know if those are like something that people need to worry about? Like what is the latest update on monkeypox? So I, I definitely think, you know, it's good to, to stay updated on monkeypox because it is still here. Um, the cases have kind of plateaued out, which is good. Um, I think for Washington State in itself, there's probably roughly about a 560 people that have monkeypox. Um, I think USA, as far as numbers, we're up to about like 25,000. Um, but remember, and this is the key, um, that of that 25,000 in the United States of America, only one person has died from monkeypox. Um, so that's just you know reassuring that it's not like a life-threatening um, disease. The good thing is, and I think why the um, curve is flattened a little bit for monkeypox is that you know, the, the United States was good on getting on top of the vaccines. I think this um, presidency was really good at saying, hey, let's roll out the vaccines, let's get it going. And so I think right now in Washington State, about 14,000 people actually are vaccinated for monkeypox, which is a pretty significant number when you think about it. So I think that's helped kind of slow things down, the transmission. And so I, I think that's why we see kind of a more of a flattening of the curve versus that slope up that we were seeing earlier in the infection. So, well, that's good because I think with monkeypox, I think what made it so alarming for people was the visual of it and what it looks like. And then it just made it to where it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it for how long? It can transfer for how long? So I know I personally was definitely worried about it, but it's really good to know that it is starting to like really like come to like that plateau moment to where mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's going to ramp up like say a COVID. Yeah. And I think the theme and like the theme for this is vaccines. These people that are getting vaccinated are helping reduce the transmission. Um, And so I think that's been, you know, helping us in just our battle against monkeypox. 
Okay, so let's also talk about polio. I remember about a month or so, I seen that New York had like their first polio, um, the first person with polio in, I want to suppose it like 40 years or something crazy like that. And then when I was looking into it, they said they didn't even know how he got it. They were saying that he hadn't left the country. So they had to do some investigating to figure out how that even happened. Mm -hmm. Um, How are polio cases doing right now? And is that something that we should honestly be concerned about? So it's interesting. It seems like for right now, the polio cases are kind of localized to New York. Um, and so for right now, we're good. Now, remember, polio is one of these things that it was it was essentially eradicated in 1979, um, you know, through a vaccination program. You know, polio was just not around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we have here is evidence of when you have people that are unvaccinated um, introducing themselves into um, the world and society and, you know, in our communities, you put us at risk for um, bringing back these kind of um, diseases. And I think, you know, when we we take a look at it, what we'll see is most likely um, it was a transmission from someone that probably came from a country that was not vaccinated or don't have those, you know, those high vaccination rates like we have. I think, you know, in the um, area in New York where the uh, outbreak started, it was like around 61 percent. I think overall, there's like almost like an 80 percent vaccination rate for polio um, in the U.S. So. You know, you have other countries where they don't have that high vaccination rate. So if someone travels from that country, um, likely possibly has polio, comes to an area that has a low vaccination rate here in the U.S., that's how that transmission occurs. And I think that's what we're going to see happen in New York. Um, for the most part, you know, after the year 2000, you know, for, you know, they, we have a new vaccine. It's 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 better. It's um, inactivated. So the old vaccine was an oral vaccine and it was activated product that your body basically had to process. The new vaccine that was, I think, after 2000 was created, it's inactivated. So it's easier for your body to develop the meaning for it. You don't get as sick from it. And so, you know, just making sure that you're vaccinated is key here. That is what's helping, you know, to to tamper the, um, the infection rate. How often are you supposed to get a polio vaccine? Like, is that one of those things where you just kind of like uh, do it when you're younger and you don't have yeah. to worry about it again? Yeah, typically for polio, I mean, you're getting your first dose, you know, around two months, um, uh, you know, so typically for the most part, you know, everybody's been vaccinated for polio way back when they were young. Um, you know, it's like for children, it's like four doses that you get starting at two months and, you're, you know, you're pretty much done at a young age. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, there's you know other places where that doesn't occur. So. See, that's why I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely like, remember that shot. I feel like that was something that I ever had to yeah. do. Nope. Knowingly, if you will, because it's like, obviously, my mom was like, yes, give her her vaccines when I was a baby. As an adult, I'm like, this is not on my list of things whenever I go to my doctors for my yearly checkup. And it's like, all right, it's time for this vaccine. It's not on the checklist, but it's one of those things. If you see your vaccination card, you know, typically like if you get a new job or trying to apply to go somewhere, you'll see it and you're like, oh, I did have it, you know. So um, people should make sure their vaccination cards are updated. Um, because it's just helpful for situations like this, because what if you do have exposure, you don't want in the back of your head to be like, dang, did I get my polio shot when I was young? You know, did my parents, did did, did they make sure I got that? Um, but for the most part, you know, if you're in the school systems, you know, they're they're very strict about that. So you you likely got vaccinated. And also, you know, I think I actually got one of my vaccines at school. Like yeah. my my high school, they actually had a doctor's office downstairs. Like you mm-hmm. could get your 
feminine exams there. You could do like, I can get like prescribed birth control. You know, if I, if they checked my records and I didn't have a certain shot, they were able to give it to me there. So that's also convenient for some people to look into if they're like, oh, I don't really have like a doctor, but your kid actually goes to a school with like a a doctor's office in it. Like I did. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's good that you, you know, had that available to you. Now, let me ask you about big, bad COVID. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end yeah. it on something lighter with the flu, but um, big, yeah. bad COVID. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I literally just went to the Jack Harlow City Girls concert. Mm-hmm. I just got back from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm going to Portland this weekend yeah, for another right. concert. Yeah, I'm right. out in the streets and yeah. I'm just raw dogging the air. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. So, how how bad is covid right now because i know someone that just got covid so is it still spreading rampantly like it was is it slowing down a little bit what is going on i think it's you know what's interesting is covid's still out here you know um it, it hasn't gone away it's still it's not as prevalent and the instance is not as high as it was before where we had hospitalizations and things of that nature due to you know a lot of people um getting the vaccine. Also, a lot of people having the infection. Um, I call, you know, the the, the winter of 2021 COVID-getting because it seemed like everybody got infected then. Um, but, you know, vaccination rates have been, you know, good. And so I think what we've seen is, like I said, with the same thing with monkeypox, you kind of decrease that curve as far as infection rate. Doesn't mean it's gone, right? Um, as you said, I know multiple people that you know, have gotten COVID personally. And I know, you know, I have a primary care practice. So, I mean, usually on a daily basis, I'm getting one or two people that are, um, I'm seeing via telemedicine that, you know, have a COVID infection. The good thing is, is we, you know, we, we're on top of it now. We have these antivirals, you know, we have stuff to combat it. So people aren't getting deathly ill. And like I said, the hospitalization rates are low, but COVID is around. I think at some point in time, we're going to call it an endemic, meaning that it's something that we're just used to, like the flu, um, that, you know, periodically we're going to see peaks in it. And um, it's just we're, we're stuck with it, unfortunately. Um, For those that haven't had COVID, I'm curious to know, like, I'm one of those people where I claim that I, I say I had COVID in 2019 in December. Uh-huh. I'm one of those people where I got sick. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I had to call out of work. I was like, what is this is not the flu. Right. Uh, but I know for a fact that I recently got COVID like four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. And what I had didn't feel good, that's for sure. But yeah. it wasn't as bad as whatever the heck I had in 2019. Right, right. Do you feel like it's a matter of these different strands or is it just like the virus isn't as strong as it was? I think it's a different strands. I think, you know, that the OG strand was definitely taking people out, right? And so I think what's happening is it mutates and that's why we have the different um, variants. Um, you know, Delta came along after the OG variant and Delta was, you know, very infectious and a lot more people were getting it. And so it just it, it changes. And with the variants, you got changes in what we call rates of infectivity. Um, and so what we saw with the Omicron was the same thing. It was even more infectious. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we saw with the Omicron, thank goodness, what happened was it was more infectious, but it wasn't causing as much severe illness. And that was key. Right. Um, so you were getting people, a lot of people getting sick, but you weren't having people dying from it at the rates that people were from, you know, the original COVID variant. 
and you saw that people were, you know, their illness was pretty mild. Some people just, you know, had stuffy nose or just had a headache or something like that. Um, and so that that was the big change. And so Omicron, you know, is definitely more infectious. But, you know, once again, is it's, it's, you know, it's predisposition for people having like a severe illness is, is just lower. Um, however, though, we want to make sure that we keep the rates down. And that's why they've come out with a vaccine for it. Um, you know, we're coming into the fall season. This is flu season. This is get sick season. You know, kids are back in school. Everybody's in college. We're moving around. It's holidays coming. Everybody's touching everything, runny noses, you know, the whole nine. And so, um, you know, we just as as healthcare providers want to just get on top of this and make sure that we don't have like a crazy, you know, COVID slash flu season ahead of us. Speaking of flu season, um, I was at a barbecue yesterday and um Barbecues are good. They're fun. <laughs> it was outside. <laughs> we were indoors. But um, I forget who I was talking to, but we were talking about, he was telling me that he's hearing that this fall, they're expecting more people to have the flu just because not enough people had the flu in the last two years, being that a lot of times we were at home. So that immunity hasn't necessarily, you know, been built in. And, you know, it's good to make sure you have like your COVID shot, but get both of your boosters and make sure that you get your flu shot because they're expecting a really, really nasty flu season. You know, immunity. No, that's very true. I've been hearing that also that this is going to be a crazy flu season. So you just don't want to be caught out there. Right. You know, and it gets confusing. Do you have flu? Do you have COVID? Um, and you just don't want to deal with that. Right. And you don't want to get taken out the game. I um, mean, some people, you know, might end up getting the flu plus COVID, which would be crazy. You definitely don't want that. Um, so vaccine, 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 vaccine. You know, this, on the CDC site, I think you'll see that they're starting the flu season on October 1st. Um, at my practice, we're already giving out the flu shot and getting people vaccinated. I highly recommend getting your flu vaccine. It's going to be a hard season. You know, things are more open now. Remember, for the past like couple of years, you know, around this time, we're wearing masks all the time. But mm-hmm. now you're going places, there's not as many masks, not as many people wearing masks. So we're back, you know, we're right back to where we were before, where, you know, you're going to be exposed to all these germs. Um, so you just got to be ready for that. I was literally just at, um, <laughs> I also went to an event last night. Um, I actually went to four different events yesterday. I was on a movie. Yeah, a good night. Yeah, a good night. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when I was in the elevator, there was actually a sign that, you know, typically it says mask required. And now the sign says uh, masks are no longer required. Oh, wow. Oh, there's <laughs> so like, oh, OK. Statement. Yeah, we took the time to print that. <laughs> yeah, that's a statement. That's what we call a statement. Well, you know, I just, you know, you got to you got you got to have your own kind of standard of care for yourself right you got to really think what what do i want to do for myself what do i feel is best for myself and how i want to live i think that's what it comes down to it we're all individuals we all we all have the right to make our own decisions and so you know we do know COVID's still here we know the flu's here and so you know that if you're not wearing a mask you're making yourself susceptible so you just got to make that choice you got to make that decision like you said, it's not fun being sick. Nobody wants to be sick. And so you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, you might not become deathly ill, but who wants to be in their bed, chills, fevers, aches for, you know, four, five, six, seven days. So um, you just kind of got to, you know, take it into mind what's best for you. The vaccine's there. Getting vaccinated is going to help your chances of not getting the um, disease. And so, you know, you just got to make the right decisions for yourself. And this is a very, very random, spandom question, but I okay. have it here. Why not? <laughs> Love those kind of questions. 
for people like me that have adult acne, what yeah. are your recommendations for getting rid of this mess or at least calming yeah. it down? Oh, I got this is great. This is great because I got a one two punch. This Come is on. my one two punch for <laughs> practice, right? So you got to think with acne, right? What's going on? You have the uh, sebaceous glands in your in your skin overproducing um, the oil, right? And so what's happening is that bacteria loves that. And so you got bacteria that hangs on there. So you got bacteria, you got this oil. So now you get this bump, you get this acne, right? Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is we have to do a couple of things. First of all, we got to get rid of that bacteria. And so that's when I use like a topical antibiotic like clindamycin. And I tell my patients, you know, wash your face and then use the topical antibiotic clindamycin to the areas, right? So that's taking care of the bacteria. So you, you clean it, you're, you're getting the bacteria out of there. So then on top of that, though, you want to make sure that you're doing something to decrease the inflammation um, that's caused by kind of this reaction. And so that's when we get benzoyl peroxide. And actually, that's Clearasil. You've heard of Clearasil. So benzoyl peroxide is Clearasil. Um, that's the brand name of it. And so I tell them to apply Clearasil to those areas. That, that, that combo is the one-two punch. Okay. And then there's another benefit from the Clearasil because it's benzoyl peroxide. It has almost like a it, it, it lightens hyperpigmented areas. So when you get maybe like a hyperpigmentation, kind of almost like that scarring from mm -hmm. the acne, it kind of helps lighten that scarred area. So you kind of get that benefit too. So that's my one, two acne punch. Nice. And then is there like any foods that you would recommend people stay away from? Yes. That you know will cause this to happen. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, we've seen that, you know, foods that have kind of an inflammatory factor will, you know, cause that. So you want to stay away from, you know, like meat. you want to stay away from like chocolate. Um, you really want to make sure you know what your food allergies are, too, because sometimes you can have an interplay of those things. Um, dairy products, you know, you want to kind of avoid dairy products, red meats, inflammatory. So you kind of want to avoid those things that we know are inflammatory products. Awesome. And then one more. Yeah. How often do you recommend people wash their pillowcases? That's a very, very, very good question because that does set you up for acne, right? And so what you want to do is you kind of want to make sure you get just in a routine. Because I think what happens is we just completely forget about our pillowcases and think that those things just remain clean for like our stay in our in our whatever you know residence we are, house, whatever. You do need to clean them. I recommend doing it once, at least once a week um, so that you're making sure that you're... You know, uh, uh Yes. Yes. Once a week. Um, so you're just making sure that bacteria is just not selling in there and just getting all cozy. So as soon as you lay your face on a pillow, it just gets in that skin and into those pores and causes all those problems. So I recommend once a week. Um, you do want to make sure, too, that, you know, depending on your skin, you know, watch what kind of detergent you're using, because if your skin's very sensitive, you should probably use a hypoallergenic uh, detergent. So it's just something else to consider. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I know like with me, it's so easy for me to watch like my bed sheets and like just pop it in and go. But for some reason, the, <laughs> the pillowcases are not always on the floor one day and maybe maybe I woke up and like my pillow was on the floor and I was like, oh, whatever. It's fine. I'm not going <laughs> to throw these in. Whatever. I'll, maybe I'll put it in there. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> not forget your pillowcase. It's the same. You got to think. You know, your hair is on the pillowcases. There's so much stuff that carries bacteria that's on your pillowcase. So, 
No, that makes a lot of sense. I think we covered a lot today. Yeah. Making sure that we get these vaccines in. Um, that way we got like, a nice update on monkeypox, polio, COVID, and the flu. <laughs> check, 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 check. And we also talked about acne and how to keep that skin clean or uh, clear or at least prevent the acne coming in by making sure we block our pillows. And remember that one, two punch, clindamycin topical and benzoyl peroxide. Are those things that you would need to get over the counter or is anything that I could get up like a CVS or something? So the clindamycin antibiotic, you would definitely need to get a prescription for, um, but you can use benzoyl peroxide. You can get a prescription, but Clearasil um, also has benzoyl peroxide in it. So you could just use the uh, over the counter Clearasil. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, you know what? As usual, this is always very helpful and educational to me. <laughs> and okay. I remember when I did a clip of the monkeypox, somebody was like, oh, my God, this is so helpful. So <laughs> definitely want to keep these going. Um, remind everyone of where they can find you at on social media. Yeah, so you can find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm the Roundaway Doc. So come check me out. I'm also on Facebook. I do postings. I try to, you know, make it easy to understand, you know, health needs and health issues that we have. So check me out. And then also say someone's in the D.C. area. Are you taking in new patients? Yes. Come check me out. Um, my office is a, is a One World Healthcare. I'm in Columbia. So I service the DMV area. I'm taking patients and I love to help anybody else that's here. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Well, shoot, as usual, Dr. Nelson, I want to thank you so much for giving us all of your knowledge and wisdom on healthcare and making sure that our lives are a little bit better and a little healthier. Make you feel good. I can do that. Of course, because it's needed. And sometimes, you know, it's also nice just to have it come from someone that looks like me. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. And it's different, you know, diseases affect all races a little differently. So it's also nice to like have that kind of like one on one conversation. Yeah, I'm here to make sure that I spread the word and keep us, you know, involved in everything else. So, yep, I, I appreciate the opportunity to do so. Lord, it wasn't until I had that conversation with my grandma and I think I was about 18. I was 18 and she said, you know, I really look forward to the day when you embrace you. When you stop trying to live through other people's voices, um, other people's perspectives, it's great to have that. But honey, if you don't embrace yourself, how when the real opportunity comes, because you've been living so fake for so long, how would it recognize you? Community, and so it's been three years since we've been able to celebrate in person at our annual evening of choice. And this year at Access in Pioneer Square on October 19th at 6 p.m., we will be back together again, celebrating our journey, healing towards justice. This past couple of years have been incredibly difficult for our young people and our community at large. And one thing that has become clear and absolutely true is there's one way forward that brings all of us together, and that's as we heal. And when our young people heal, they're truly able to become who it is they've been purposed to be. So on this evening, you'll hear stories of our young people, hear the evolution of our organization as we emphasize healing in our cause. And together, we will celebrate another year of impact and growth as we journey towards justice together. Again, it's at Access in Pioneer Square, 6 p.m. on October 19th, and live streaming will be available through YouTube at iChoose18. Let me bring in my good friend, Jay Martin. How you doing? What's good, Basa? How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, we had a nice little retrograde start to this interview, but all is well. We're all here is now. well. All is well. Glad to be in the building. Glad to be here. Okay. So for starters, um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Like okay. when I first met you on social media, which is how we meet a lot of people these days, yes, yes, I knew yes. you, I knew you were working with PBS. Mm-hmm. 
But I didn't know much about your podcast until mm-hmm. you started coming over to Converge. Yes. So, one, if you want to tell us a little bit how you even got over to PBS, did PBS come first or was the podcast first? Uh, so the podcast actually was first. And what's so interesting about it is, is my good friend, Andrew Coleman Smith, he used to work at King 5. And he gave me my first opportunity along with Kelly Hansen um, to do the podcast. And so he's like, you should start a podcast. I was like, oh, no, nobody wants to listen to me. And he's like, no, no, you have a good voice. I was like, who? (laughs) And so um, he's like, start a podcast. Just talk about it. If you could call it anything, what would it be? And I was like, well, I feel like we're all a project in the making. Mm -hmm. You know, we're evolving. We're unfolding. We're learning more about ourselves. And and so I was like, you know, I feel like we're going somewhere. Life is always about going somewhere. It's. You've never arrived. You're always arriving. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? The Drive Project podcast, you are going to hear different stories about people's lives, how they went through certain circumstances or they've gotten over certain things and how they got to their level of success. And I think for me, I used to be the person that I just needed to have a kickstart. And so I always think of the one Mm -hmm. when I think of the podcast, whenever I'm doing an episode, I'm not trying to really reach the masses, even though that's, you know, it's bound to happen that you're going to reach people. But I always think of what about that one, the one that is that maybe has a goal. They don't know what to do. They have a dream. They don't know how to get it going. And so that's what the podcast is about. It's about passion, purpose and possibility. And so it's stories of hope from all different backgrounds. And I hope people that they're encouraged, they laugh, they cry, and we grow together. It's kind of like um, mental health, yeah, <laughs> I would say, it really it through is. my journey. <laughs> and um, I just hope people are really encouraged from it. So that was that's the backstory. And here we are, now launched the sixth season with Converge. And I am super grateful to be a part of the family there. So, How do you feel being at Converge? Because, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere for nowhere. you. And it ended up, I mean, you work perfectly with us. But how does it feel to be a part of Converge Media? You know, I, I've said this before. It feels good to be seen. Yeah. It feels good to finally be recognized uh, for the work. And um, it just feels like a big family, you know, and I've said this before, you know, friends will push you to a, a certain level, but family, they will really be like, look, they'll tell you the honest truth. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. But I feel like it's such a great family to really just push you to that next level. And so it feels good to finally land. I feel like I've been on a flight that's been bumpy Ooh. and I th- <laughs> and 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 it's been much turbulence. But, you know, we're here now. Yeah. And I feel like the podcast has a home because just to give a little context, I was actually going to let the podcast go Why? back in June. I felt like, you know, I did five seasons of it and I did it all on my own. And um, I'm so grateful for the launch with it. It opened up several doors, such as what you said, PBS, that came later, you know, after hosting so many different things and that door opened up. But I was like, you know, maybe it's time to lay it to rest. And then a DM from Big O. (laughs) Shout out to Big O from Converge. That is really how he pulled up on people. Yeah, he pulled up and was like, what what is this? And I told him about it. He says, I listened to an episode and I'm sitting here with my, my eyes filled with tears, you know. And um, I said, I'm actually going to let it go. Says, no, you're not. Let's push it. What do we need to do? And that was like a shot in the arm to never give up. Mm -hmm. I'm a big person of consistency is key. And so um, you just got to stick to the process. And I'm very grateful that finally the podcast has a home. So 
uh, let's do this. That's what I say, you know. Come on, podcast as a home. I love that. (laughs) Um, You know, visually, I'm curious about that with your podcast, you know, being that you're on PBS, Mm -hmm. you're doing commercials. So it's not like you're unfamiliar to video. Yes. Um, What would the video version of this look like? Like, you know, I was listening to your most recent episode where you did announce that it's coming over to Converge. And there is going to be some video. So let us know what's going to happen. Because right (laughs) now, your podcast, what I love about it is that, um, it's it's a little bit like mine and O gets on me about this all the time mm-hmm. where he's like you need to find out how long that your podcasts are going to be right. and I'm like sometimes I really only need 15 minutes yes yes exactly <laughs> sometimes I need an hour right 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 <laughs> I think for, for me with the audience um, in the beginning of the of the show, it was a lot of interviews, mm-hmm. and they're about thirty minutes. I tried to think of you know people. What's their attention span? You know, you're sucking traffic, you're getting some stuff done at home or whatever, and so um, I try to keep them to thirty minutes. Now, if you get me just by myself, it's about a fifteen minute ride with me, you know. And so I'm talking about either stories of my own life, but I am excited to do the visual side to it. I want to do at least every probably four episodes, you'll get the visual perspective. And I'm looking at shooting it at the State Hotel in downtown Seattle. Dude. So I know, right? Can I'm we super talk pumped. about the state and how it looks on it's melanated gorgeous. skin? It's gorgeous. I got a photo shoot lined up. It's about to be real. It's about to be live. Yeah. That is going to be epic. Um, One, definitely want to be on that one of these okay. days. Yes, you uh, will be, for sure. Two, um, what does it feel like to be on PBS also? You know, yeah. I... As someone that's from Seattle, I definitely grew up watching PBS mm-hmm. and to now see someone like yourself on there. Wow. I'm like, that is actually really, really dope because, you know, for me, it's not saying that I forgot about it, but I just didn't really know anyone around my age and in right. my group yeah. that gave me a reason to like really want to be like, <laughs> what's happening over there? And right. now I'm like, well, what's happening over there? Yes. Yes. You know, it's interesting. It's I always tell the story of, you know, I've been wanting to do television for 19 years. And you go through, like I said, bumps in the road and you take many different detours. But I remember being a little boy and, you know, having conversations with my grandma and her asking me, what do you want to be? And I've said, I want to do TV, you know, and she says, one day, baby, you're going to do that. And so you fast forward and, you know, you almost lose heart, you know, you almost lose heart because you get so many no's. But no's, I really believe, are very important because it builds your character, you know, and so, you know, Fast forward to 2021, I was once again in the same predicament where I was thinking, maybe I'll just let it go, let go of media. Maybe it's just time to go get that job, you know, live that life. And do there's what you nothing gotta wrong do. with that. So I give but... a shout out to all the people that do that. I have so much respect for you. Um, but I had a dream and I, my friend said to me once again, Andrew, he said, you don't know what phone call, what text message or email could change your life forever. It was three weeks later that I went in for an audition to be a television host for PBS here in Seattle, KCTS 9. And um, it was two weeks later I got that yes. And so it feels good. Uh, I'm not ashamed as a black man uh, in Seattle to be able to do what I do. And I hope that it opens the door for many of my people and for all people. Um, I always want to create a space for people's voices to be heard. So um, it feels good. Good, Besa. It feels good. And um, it, it gets I get emotional from time to time because when you waited so long for something. But, you know, like my grandma said, you know, any meal that's been prepped, if it's right, 
it's worth the eating. It is worth the wait. <laughs> and I'm happy to be at the table. So it feels good to be at PBS. I love that. And you know, one of the things that I was, when I was listening to your podcast, there was a point when you kind of talked about how when you wanted to give up mm-hmm. and then you just kind of felt like maybe this just isn't for me. Right. But then there was another portion where you talked about doing it even when people aren't watching you because yes. it makes it to where it's like, once that time finally hits, yeah. they're able to see so many things that you were doing over the right. years when nobody was even paying attention. Exactly. Or at least you thought nobody was paying right, attention. Right, right, right. Somebody watching. Somebody was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, what would you say really kept you going before you kind of like started wanting to slow down and you were in the dark? Like what matter of fact, what advice do you have for someone that is just now starting a podcast, but Mm -hmm. maybe their goal is to be on PBS or to be over here at iHeart or to come over to Converge? What advice do you have for them in terms of doing it even when no one is looking? So that way they're ready. You know, I would say um, you need to go back over what, you you know, whatever your dream is, make sure you revisit it from time to time. Um, It's easy to get lost in life and you got to remind yourself of your why. You need to have a tight circle as well, too. I I want to encourage you, if you have toxic people in your life, do the work now. So that way, when you begin to flourish, you don't have to go through all of this cutting and chopping and removing and it's painful. And now you're out before the public, you know. And so I think while you are not seen, there's this saying that I really believe in is, you know, you've been planted, not buried. And there's a season when you are in the dark. And you think about a farmer when they plant a seed in the ground, you know, they don't go back immediately and dig it up and be like, where's my flowers or where's where's the corn or where where's the stuff at? It takes time. And so there's things happening in the dark. And that's your consistency. When nobody is looking, you have to believe in it more than anybody else can believe in it. That's why I said you got to go back to your why. It is very important that you go back over what you've written down. You know, I'm a big person of putting stuff in my phone like I have this idea. Write it down. Look back over it. And you'd be surprised as you stay consistent with the little things, how it will flourish. And then one day, because see, you know, here's the thing. You know, I I use this analogy of, you know, Hawaii was built by um, volcanoes and eruptions and all that kind of stuff. And nobody wanted to wear a bathing suit then, but I bet you do now. Look how beautiful it is. But it started out with nothing but disruption. So it takes time to get there. And you got to be able to work through the times when you're not seen, because one day not only will you reap from it, but so many other people will reap from the fact that you stayed consistent. So my biggest thing is have a tight circle, be consistent even when nobody is seeing you and go back over your dream and remind yourself of your why. And you be the biggest person, the loudest voice in your own soul's ear. <laughs> okay, so. And that's what's so important. You know, there was another point when you were talking about your voice and how yeah. your grandmother told you like, look, yeah. you have an amazing voice. And uh, once you realize that your voice is great, oh, yeah. oh. things will become so much easier. Mm-hmm. Life will be beautiful. Yeah. What was that moment for you? Because I know with me, everybody was like, basically you should be on the radio. Oh, yeah. da, da, da. And I was like, Chabuski. <laughs> Nobody want to listen to me. You got a great voice. You have a great voice. Your business. Yes, and here I yes. come. Hey guys. 
right, like, right, right. wants to hear that. Yeah. And it definitely took for me to be on the radio and listen to my own voice to mm. finally not cringe whenever I would hear it back. Yeah. How did you get to that point of loving your voice? Because I think this can even go in with people where it's like, oh, you would be great on TV. And someone's mm. like, nobody wants to look at me. Right. So it's right. like there's that process that you have to go through to where you're comfortable with yourself rather mm. than feeling like, oh, I need Big O to be comfortable with my voice yeah. before I'm comfortable with it. Or I need the people at PBS to be comfortable mm -hmm. with how I look on TV before I'm comfortable right. with it. So how did you get to that space? You know, it took me years. Uh, my voice was my biggest insecurity because, you know, I shared this with a lot of different people. You know, I come from a pretty big family and, you know, just to be real, when puberty hit for my brothers, it was like, yo, what's up? How y'all doing? And I'm over here like my grandma, how you doing? You know? <laughs> And so I was like, is it going to hit me? Is it going to hit me? I'm 15. Is it going to hit me? I'm 18. Is it going to hit me? Waiting for and my And my moment. voice stayed the same. And people say I sound a lot like my grandmother. Um, and, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And so I struggled because I felt like because my voice wasn't deep, it kind of coincided with, you know, do you sound like, is this what a man should sound like? And so I was very insecure. And it was, you know, just to fast forward, it wasn't until I had that conversation with my grandma. And I think I was about 18. I was 18 and she said, you know, I really look forward to the day when you embrace you. When you stop trying to live through other people's voices, um, other people's perspectives, it's great to have that. But honey, if you don't embrace yourself, how when the real opportunity comes because you've been living so fake for so long, how would it recognize you? And so it really hit home for me, but it still took years. And I would say it didn't really change for me until I hit my 30s. It took all those years of really deconstructing what I thought I should be. And when I just embraced, you know, uh, what God called me to be, which is purpose, uh, that's when the doors began to open up. And so until you stop running from you, you know, it's always going to be this constant barrier. And so I still deal with at times, you know, where I'm like, ah, but I have learned to be thankful for my voice. And like my grandmother said, the day that you discover who you really are, the world is going to be so much more beautiful to you. And I have found all the opportunities that I have now. They're so much better because it's me walking through the door. Yeah. It's not me wearing a mask trying to get through the door and having to carry this image or whatever. So or doing a even family, switch. they'll put a they'll put this whole image on what you think you should be. And it's like, no, be who you be your most authentic self. That is important. And in the day and age today, people are really pushing for authenticity. But at the same time, you also see people are not pushing for authenticity. So I'm I'm gonna lean on the side of, you know, it's me or nothing. I love that because, you know, when you have jobs like for me, I work at iHeart. Mm -hmm. It's so easy for people to come in here and just act like, oh, this is what they want for me to right, be. Right. But you can hear it. Yes. And you can see it and it doesn't yeah. come off naturally. It's like right. your interviews end up being a little awkward. Yeah. You kind of sound like you're trying to be someone else on the radio. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely me for a little bit. And wow. recently I was just like, I'm writing down bullet points. <laughs> I'm not writing down my scripts anymore. Wow. Like I'm just like even right here, I have bullet points, That's it. literally, yeah, and yeah. I just go down my bullet points. But when I was actually doing what I thought I needed to do and mm. what I would see on the Breakfast Club and trying right. to be that spicy yep. radio host to get people yes. all riled up or be a shock jock, right. it was awkward for me, and I yes. couldn't even watch my damn self. Right. <laughs> 
know, if I don't want to watch me back, I know you don't want to watch me. No. I know you don't want to listen to this interview. It's painful when you see yourself when you, for years, had to wear a mask. Yeah. And that, that's why I go back to when you're trying to be something else than yourself, when the real opportunity comes, it won't recognize you. Yeah. Because you're trying to be somebody else. So I think it is very important that we drop our guard and be like, this is who, this is who I am. You know, and I, I'm super thankful to finally have experienced that. And I try to tell people that. And so it comes up in my podcast a lot, mm -hmm. me sharing little stories of ways that I've um, gotten over certain yeah. barriers about myself or uh, when I finally got the aha moment, as maybe Oprah, you know, would say, you know, it's like you had that moment, the light bulb clicks. Yeah. And so I've had a lot of moments where I've had to unlearn certain things um, about the way maybe I have thought life should be. And it's been beautiful sitting in the growing seat. I think all of us need to sit in a seat called I'm willing to grow. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing is that I'm just I'm I'm wanting I'm teachable. I want to be always teachable. And so um, I'm learning so much about myself and it just makes it um, so much more beautiful. Let me also ask you this, you know, as Black people, and especially men, like even women, sometimes they tell yeah. us, you are way too damn emotional. <laughs> <laughs> you are someone where it's like you make it okay to be not only a black person, but a black male and actually put your emotions out yes. there and let yes. people know these feelings are okay. You right. can't bottle this in. Yeah. Is that something that you gained from your grandmother or is that something that you had to learn you know, over time through therapy or something else? Uh, it was number one therapy, but then also, yeah, my grandma, she was a big one because she would always say it is important. You know, one what she would say to me was black men, go get help. It's okay to get help. And I, you know, I don't want to just speak for everybody, but I know how I was raised to talk about your issues was a no, no. You know, you don't talk about your problems. You just go to God. And I've said this before in interviews where I'm like, you can have God and a therapist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It is important. And more than even just that, it's okay to talk. You know, we don't have to bottle it up. I, I watched, you know, through personal stories of my own family that it would just be these massive explosions. Mm -hmm. And it would be because there there were times where you should have talked or you should have communicated and you didn't do it. Yeah. And so now you have these massive outbreaks. But there were signs when you could have taken a moment to stop. It's like a person on a freeway, you know, when you have your app going mm -hmm. and it's telling you to take a different way to get somewhere faster. But instead, we make it hard on ourselves and we stay stuck. Yeah. But you had an exit. <laughs> and so I've chosen in my life to take exits, to breathe, to 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 um, talk and open up. And my grandma was a big one because we talked like probably before she passed in 2020. We talked probably like sometimes once or twice a day. And she would be like, I thought of something. How are you handling it? How you dealing with it? And it would be hard at times. And I don't like to cry, you know, but it's, she would say it's good to cry, especially as a man. You know, it's good to open up and share. And so I tried to create that space through the podcast and even just in my own personal world where people feel safe. You know, I open up my home. I feed people. I laugh. He with sure do feed people, child. <laughs> let me tell you. Where's my? If you ever get invited over to Jay Martin's house for dinner. Oh, <laughs> Come hungry. Don't come yes. too hungry. Make sure you eat because, you know, sometimes if you don't eat for the day, then all right. of a sudden you can't eat. Do it. Get, yes. you get you a plate. Yes. Take you a plate you've home. Had some, you've had some food, right? <laughs> you've had some food, I right? I took some food home. <laughs> he had like little home take home yes, trays and everything. Like, I, I was did. like, this is a seven course spread. I'm oh sorry. I just started tasting the fish in my mouth all over again, child. 
Look. It was a good time. But I try to do that. I try to create a space for people because I know what it's like to watch family members when there was no space. And then, you know, um, it's I, I'm a big person for therapy, mental health. It's major. And I think it is very important. Um, men and women, children, boys, girls, all of us, you need to talk and open up and so and make sure it's a safe space. So before we get ready to end the interview, because I feel like there's so many things that you've said today that mm. I definitely want to clip out. So oh. y'all don't miss nothing because oh I know how people are. Some people don't. They <laughs> skip around. No, these, you, these are gems that you need. OK, oh. so six randoms. OK, number one. Do you have a stylist? Um, I do have a couple people. Okay. <laughs> They'll send me things. Shout out to the diva, Holly Forward. I love you. I love you so much. Two, what is a goal that you have before the year is over? Oh, I want to um, end up on a full-time like television like hosting show. Nice. I want to do that. I want to be able to, almost like a lifestyle, mm -hmm. where you know where to go, what to wear, and what to do. That is something big. Um, I kind of interject that in things, mm -hmm. but that's one of my goals uh, in this next coming up years. I hope to land something like that, even where it involves cooking food, all of that. So I could yeah. still see you doing that. Even some totally music. Watch. Yeah. Even some music. And you can't sing. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in your IG story show. I've been writing a little bit. I've been writing a little bit. So, okay, next question. What is your favorite song or kind of music to listen to, even if it's just an artist, yeah. when you feel down to like kind of make you feel a little better? Well, you know, my favorite artist is Janet Jackson. Come on. I'm a Janet fan. I've been to several concerts. She gets me going. I mean, feeling it. I'd be like, I can't so long. <laughs> no, that's not a good one, but, but it's a good song. It's but, a good song, though. Uh, All For You. I mean, she gets me going. But one of my favorite bands is Tycho. Mm. And I, I went to, I seen them for the first time at the Paramount um, before the whole pandemic. And um, their music is just it causes you to think. I like to drive and think. And so I love that band a lot. You've um, recently gone to a lot of different operas and yes. ballets from yes. Converge. What has been your favorite one? Don't do that to me. <laughs> My favorite one. I love, you know what? I love all of them. Okay. <laughs> I love all of them. Okay. Which they... one was most impactful for you? I brought my daughter with me to the ballet. Yeah. Um, and it was beautiful to see her eyes light up. And um, I'm so thankful she got to meet um, Jonathan Batista, who is principal now in the show that's currently at. Um, uh, I'm just so thankful at the opera. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. It is phenomenal to see them dance and do all the things that they do. Yeah. And it is just so beautiful. And my daughter wants to walk in my footsteps. And so to take her to the Pacific Northwest Ballet and her running around her little dress. And she's she like, so she tells me I got about 10 years and then I get to sit down. So, <laughs> well Oh, my goodness. I love her. She's a boss. Um, what was the first food that you learned to cook from your grandmother? Ooh, collard greens. Ooh. She taught me how to cook collard greens. And um, she told me nobody wants nothing bitter. We, and she's, but we don't want no sweet collard greens either. They need to be seasoned. And so she says, make sure you use that pot liquor <laughs> from the ham hock and the ham shank and all that good stuff. But she taught me how to season greens. My mom taught me how to fry chicken at 11. I love it. And so I've been cooking since 11 years old. Wow. wow. Yeah. My last question. Give me one misconception of Jay Martin. One misconception? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. You know, okay, 
people think that I'm always on, like on, like he's always on. It's 100%. And I'm kind of shy. I'm actually kind of shy. I get very nervous. I'm always nervous. I'm a very nervous person. But out of my nervousness, I kind of just put myself out there to the best I can. Um, but people think like, oh, he's oh, he's just loud and constantly going. And it's like, actually, I like to sit and watch people. I like to watch people, how they operate and how they do things. And I like to just be in the room. That's why I always say I'm in the room because I'm watching, you know, and it's beautiful to be um, in spaces that allow you to be in them. So, yeah. See, that's why I like that question, because one, it throws everybody off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, and people don't notice that. I'm like, I kind of, you know, a couple of my homies, they know me. They're like, he's kind of shy when in the beginning. But then once he warms up, but people think I'm just always like flipping a switch and he just running. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I, I need to slow down. It's a mental process. <laughs> it is. It you is. Know? It is. Um. So the Drive podcast is going on season six. Season six. Yeah. When can we expect season six to start? It starts today. Shut up! Yes, it starts today. <laughs> so it'll be rolling out. And I'm so excited. Release the first episode. It's about 10 minutes. And it's me just giving you what to expect, where we're going to be shooting some of it. Um. The journey that will be going on, I thank the people that listened before, and um, I'm grateful for the ones that are coming on board. So it's going to be a ride. It's going to be fun, but we will laugh. We will we will cry, but we're going to do something great together. So, yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened to it and you're just having a down day or if you just are feeling a little off yeah. in your career, mm-hmm. listen to it because I definitely dropped a tear. Oh. And you will sit there and listen to like five episodes and be like, well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to be short and sweet. So, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, we know that the Dive podcast just dropped today. As yeah. you guys are seeing this, it's now Tuesday. So, AKA, it dropped yesterday, which means you can definitely check that out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, real quick, what's next for Jay Martin? And where can everyone find you on social media? Oh, what's next? I just finished season two on PBS for okay. the new international show that talks about films and documentaries. We did a whole se- we did we talked about like Harriet Tubman and all the greats. It's just amazing. And um, but you can also look for, look for me on Instagram, J Martin Jr. You know, Facebook if people still use it, J Martin Jr. <laughs> so and I'm starting to get up on a TikTok game. I'm working on it. Come on, I'm TikTok. working on it. I'm trying. I'm trying. But yeah, so I I put a lot of stuff out on on my Instagram. So. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to see what's going to be next for you. Like literally, O and I, we talk about you and just how amazing that you are and just how dope that you are just becoming. And, you know, when I first met you, I didn't really know much about you, but to like. I knew who you were. And I couldn't believe that I was serving you food. <laughs> it's always weird to me when people are like, I know who you are. I'm just like, man, uh, I'm just a normal, listen, introverted, outverted person. That, like, the, I love I'm more weird than people think I am. I'm always in my head. Like, uh, I'm just a normal girl. Yes, child. Introvert, yeah. extrovert is what I call myself. Yeah. Because as you saw, like, I will just sit there and, uh, and it confuses people. And I'm yeah. like, that's just me. But, um, Look, you are always welcome on the Thank Rewind. You. Definitely want to have you up here a yes. lot more. You guys make sure that you check out the Dive Podcast. And until next time, you guys always know, I say have an amazing rest of your day and keep that energy high. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. 
Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.